Welcome to this special edition of Ultra Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. This week, we interview Dave Crow and Professor Yu. And also, they don't always say, but it sounds better. We'll learn about the platform, its history, and why it's a fantastic solution for a multitude of merchants who are looking for a robust e-commerce platform, or an order management system, or a product information system, or even a marketplace. Wow, this is fantastic. Professor Yu joins us to talk about partners and who should get involved. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. TalkCommerce is brought to you by eWay Corp. Cloud is the new normal for companies of any size. Buying, maintaining, upgrading, and disposing of machines is expensive and complicated. Amazon Web Services, managed by eWay Corp, offers an easy-to-use, flexible, cost-effective solution to all your infrastructure needs. eWay Corp can provide a secure, reliable, scalable, high-performance network that will make your office hum, not literally. eWay Corp has saved its customers an average of 31% on their IT costs while adding 62% to the bottom line efficiency. To top that, their customers have seen 43% fewer security incidents. Go to eWayCorp.com to learn how you can start saving money and headaches by moving to the cloud. That's E-W-A-Y-C-O-R-P.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to this ultra talk commerce edition of talk commerce. It's going to be ultra special today. We have David Crow and professor, professor Ultraman. No, uh, professor commerce are here. Right, you got to start that over, Bren. All right. It's <laughs> professor commerce, right? All right we'll, we'll professor you. What's the U stand for or whatever, but yeah. Oh, Professor ahead. U, all right, all right. All right, ready? All right, welcome yeah. to this super ultra edition of Talk Commerce. Today I have David Crow and Professor U with me. Professor, why don't you start off with our introduction? Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what, what one of your passions. Uh, Brent, commerce is my passion. And uh, I'd have to say that, um, some of these folks may have known me. Uh, I was um, formerly over at Magento, where I see your beautiful button there on the microphone. I was Magento man and um, went, well, keep turning, Brent, keep turning, because you got another one. There you go. Okay, so um, as, as things started changing over there and uh, Magento became Adobe, I kind of lost my name. So I found my name over with a bunch of friends of mine who I used to work with at various other places at Ultra Commerce. And I found it to be a really great platform that is uh, both deep and wide and um, having a great time here helping Matt Boland and Dave Crow build a partner program. Great, and my Ultra, um, Ultra. Well, I, I'm gonna call you Ultraman. Uh, but uh, I'm going to call you, you Professor Yu. Um, uh, what, what's one of your passions besides commerce? Um, boy, you know, I have a lot. But really right now it's visiting museums and getting out post-COVID. So that's my passion, getting out in the world these days and travel. 
All right. David, why don't you do introduce yourself? Great. Thanks, Brent. Uh, I'm Dave Crow, the Chief Customer Officer here at Ultra Commerce. I've been with the company a little over a year, and since most of my charter is business development and sales focused, I guess the best way to say this for, for five quarters now, I've been with the company. Um, have about 25 total years in e-commerce and supply chain. Um, coming at it initially from the order fulfillment and orchestration side, uh, but also on the commerce front of this. Um, I know Matt, and I actually met you in the past with the uh, four years I spent at Magento, two years prior to and two years after the Adobe acquisition. Spent some time in Silicon Valley startup space with some supply chain companies and ran Smarter Commerce in the Americas for a pretty long period of time with, with IBM and was with Sterling Commerce prior to IBM when they acquired Sterling. So a lot of time, a lot of energy in the space. From a passions perspective, I could easily say it's the guitar collection in the background here, but as we started the conversation before we're recording, spend about 90% of our time as we all do working. So my real passion is helping our customers grow their businesses. My side passion is really two young grandkids. I have a three-year-old grandson and a one-year-old granddaughter. And then whatever time they don't consume, I try to spend a few minutes each day playing with the guitars you see behind me you're too young yeah, for and, and just for Dave. the for those uh, this is this is also going to be a podcast where people are just running and listening to it uh dave has a very large selection of guitars behind him and professor Yu is is uh, appropriately attired in his university colors his uh, uh i don't know what you call the thing around your neck that uh Oh, right thing. here. These what are um, white the colors. This is uh, this is the sash, but here are the cords. And okay, the cords. Right. Yeah, as our partners uh, have their uh, developers and architects certified on Ultra, you know, we're developing a certification process. They receive a cord for their different skills. Each one is a different color, and each one will be sent to them. You know, we could have done kind of a certificate or something, but along with the certificate, a little something they can hang in their cubicles to say, I'm an OMS expert or I'm a marketplace expert. So a little something extra to give the partners. Got it. All right. So when I, when I started, you gave me a quart of wood and I don't know what that <laughs> means, but uh, I appreciate Keep chopping, that. And, Brent. Keep yeah. chopping. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about ultra commerce, and um, uh, I think one thing we'd like to accomplish is give give some reasons and value around it, some differentiations between other platforms on the market. And um, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want. I would like this not to turn into a big salesy presentation. But I think that what we want to demonstrate is value to both merchants and agencies, and why uh, why ultra commerce is the ultra good ultra good selection for anybody that wants to build a store. And uh, what, I don't know who would like to start off, but I think that's a sure. good starting place. Yeah, let's let's start with just a basic overview of the company itself and the platform. So Ultra Commerce has been, has been a business since 2000. Our headquarters is in Sydney, Australia. We actually started business as a private cloud hosting company in Australia. And about five to seven years into it, it seemed that most of the workloads we were hosting on our on our commerce proprietary platform and infrastructure were all commerce focused. Uh, about that same time that we started to realize that you know our customers were dragging us global uh, was about the same time that that Amazon started building AWS and investing in global infrastructure. And as we started to realize that remaining a private cloud hosting company was going to be capital intensive to launch data centers around the world, we decided to go all in with AWS. So our platform runs today exclusively, exclusively on AWS. We do have our own proprietary platform as a service that sits between our commerce platform and AWS that to optimize scalability and performance and allows us to do things like zero downtime deployments and, and blue-green deploys. So it's a very scalable platform. Um, the commerce platform itself, we started building our, around 20. 2012, 2013, we started with an open source product that we bought the IP for and then uh, built out the platform as it exists today to make it enterprise class and scalable. Um, the platform today, one of the things we think is very differentiating for us is it is not only commerce and supports both B2B and B2C and direct to consumer, but it also has natively integrated into it a complete order management capability. 
the ability to do things like manage global inventories at locations by zip code all the way down to within the postal center to the actual zip code and then facilities within zip codes. And we can do things like split order fulfillment um, and split line item fulfillment. So it's a very robust order management system that's native to the commerce platform. There's also a native product information management capability or PIM that's also built into the platform that we can manage tens of millions of SKUs in the catalog and pricing updates and customer catalogs and all those unique features. There's a complete content management system built into the platform as well that ships with the platform. It's natively integrated. That's very robust and rivals any of the content systems uh, that you would see people using commonly today. Um, but additionally, there's also a complete marketplace capability that's built in native to the platform that not only leverages native marketplace capabilities to allow external vendors and sellers to participate in commerce, but it also leverages capabilities that exist within the commerce platform and the order management platform that allows those marketplace participants to do things like manage their inventories, manage their orders, manage their accounts, manage their settlements and credits and processing and financial reconciliation between the parties and, and returns. But it also, um, the platform itself is built to be multi-tenant. But what we don't do is we don't run a multi-tenant platform. So what we sell is an ability for our customers to run a multi-tenant platform. So we have customers then that are looking at, we've benchmarked people running thousands of storefronts on the platform itself. So we also have a pretty unique model that allows people in a marketplace setting to offer e-commerce almost as a service capabilities where the sellers on the marketplace can actually have an individual unique storefront with a unique branding and unique URL. And we think that's pretty revolutionary. Now, all of that is also underpinned by a customer management capabilities and workflow management and obviously call center and admin capabilities. So it is a very robust feature rich platform that we think has unmatched and unparalleled breadth of capability that's available in the market. Um, and as you know, so we talk a little bit more and get into the conversations maybe around pricing and how we go to market, you know, I think you'll find that it's, it's competitively priced and it's a very simple to consume model. And that's what we think merchants and sellers and, and site operators are going to find the most attractive about the platform. Uh, what, so you've mentioned a lot of features there. What makes you different from, uh, say, uh, some of the other competitors that are in a certain vertical? I mean, I think that just in the, in the breadth of services you're offering, uh, but not everybody needs an OMS and not everybody That's needs true. a PIM. So what makes it different? Uh, That's true. Look, you can pure play e-commerce. What makes you different? Look, What's interesting for us is it's you can turn those features on and off, but what we see is people that start off as pure play e-commerce that eventually they may grow, right? Their catalog may exceed, they may exceed uh, the capabilities of the catalog capability within the platform. So the PIM is sitting there in the background if they need it, if they want to use it in the future. If they decide to run multi-site or if they want to move into things like dropship capabilities, right? The order management system can be turned on at your point to leverage capabilities around dropship or, or vendor supplier or third-party fulfillment. So that capabilities are things that we see a lot of e-commerce site operators growing into over time if they don't need it today. Um, and so we think that capability is robust in that sense as well. Um, you know, some people may or may not need marketplace, but we also see people leveraging marketplace capabilities to do some pretty creative things in terms of not even just selling, but just building community on their commerce platform. And a perfect example that we have customers today where a lot of what they're doing on their site is providing content, very rich content for people to download, to, to drive community around their selling ecosystem. And they're leveraging our micro place capabilities to allow those content providers and those users to upload content on the site and then to get do things like drive loyalty points and credits based on the consumption of the content that they're providing for free to the platform. So it's a pretty, pretty creative use case, but you know, it, it's kind of an interesting dynamic that gives people a lot of power, but a lot of flexibility because you can turn features on and off as you need them. But as your business grows, it's just sitting there in the background without the need for additional license or need for complex integrations. You have that ability to support their business today, as well as, you know, five, six, seven, 10 years down the road as they begin to grow and expand. I think that's critical, Brent. You know, we're not after, um, let's, you know, pure e-commerce not to bring up a competitive uh, platform. Um, or I would call them applications because I call what we have a platform. I call other things kind of applications, right? A commerce application, even though they're called platforms. We're not after the Shopify's of the world, right? We're not after the smaller people. We are specifically after those complex network organizations, right? And we see as we're talking to our customers and our, our customers and our prospects and our partners is that 
they start in one place and then their business requirements or where they want to take it starts to bleed into another capability, as Dave said. So, you know, somebody will, with all these other platforms, somebody has to say, ah, now you're kind of bleeding into order management, right? Or mm, you're kind of talking about a marketplace. And that means they got to go out and find that feature. They got to go out and find that integration. Whereas today's point, right? It's all there. If you want to turn it on or off, you you can. I, I think what's great is it's actually awesome for partners when offering our platform because they're able to say, well, you know what? And we'll get into this with licensing. You already own marketplace. You already own order management. To fulfill that end-to-end commerce journey of an order, we can just borrow capabilities from order management. You don't, you know, to build that end-to-end uh, that end-to-end process. And then if they say, well, we're kind of interested in marketplace, well, there's a built-in POC. So Brent, you can go out there and say, uh, geez, Mr. Customer, um, you know, you're talking about marketplace. Why don't we run it, right? You already own it. Why don't you run it? Let's run a POC, see what it would look like. And uh, you're not having to find something that you have to integrate as part of a POC or how would this interact with this element of the platform? It's all there. That's what's amazing to me because I'm watching these things happen and where I came from, you know, you're hearing all the things in today's market. Well, let's get off of ultra for a second. We're, we're hearing all these things in the market today about microservices and headless and all these things. And don't get me wrong. Those things are great, but what kind of business are you? Are you a software development business or are you an internet retailer or are you a B2B or a D2C organization, you're building more and more complexity into your go-to-market strategy, whereas Ultra's trying to say, dumb it down, for lack of a better term, right? If it's all in there and it's all integrated, stop buying this vision of this integrated story that's going to come at some point when you can have it out of the box. And what, uh, so if we're talking from a merchant. Are you smirking at me, Brent? No. Do I see that a little smirk? <laughs> never. All right. I'm never okay. smirking. All right. Uh, from, a, from a merchant standpoint, uh, what would be the right time or the right merchant to get involved or get introduced to ultra commerce? Look, that, you know, I, I would tell you, we, th- we think it's, the, the software is applicable for everyone, but, but really for us, um, you know, it, it's not an SMB focused platform. There's a lot of fantastic platforms th- that can service that SMB kind of small, small office, home office space. For us, it, it's people that are probably 50 plus million in revenues up to several billions, right? And, and it's because they need an enterprise scale, they need enterprise performance, and they need enterprise capability, and they really need um, 24 by 7 by 365. And so that's another differentiation I actually didn't mention is, is we have what we think are industry unique SLAs. And so our standard availability uptime is 99.999% system availability. I'll save you breaking out your calculator. That's four and a half seconds of downtime a month. And that's inclusive of both planned and unplanned downtime. And so you know, we, we don't take planned downtime to do performance and maintenance because our platform as a service lets us do all of that while your site is still functional. So when we tell customers their sites available 24 hours a day, every day a year, it is, right? We have not even though we're running on AWS, we have not had an outage in well over a year. Knock on wood, I, I did every time I say that, but but the way we can offer that is we're running customers in multiple AWS availability zones at the same time in triplicate, active, active, active. And so if there's an outage at, a, at the AWS level, we still have two availability zones that are running the customer's infrastructure and we dynamically spin up a third in a different AWS availability zone. And so we are able to un, unparalleled ask people um, offer them the ability that when we tell you your site is always available, it's always available. But what we're focused on and our targets are customers who need that kind of class and performance. That's not to say that we don't work with, with SMB because we do. Most of the SMBs we work with have complexity in their business that requires them to extend beyond just order management. One of our customers, one such customer um, outgrew one of the multi-tenant platforms specifically because they operate a highly curated marketplace. They're not using marketplace capabilities. It's an e-commerce platform, but it's a highly curated assortment of several hundred thousand SKUs that their typical order is upwards of 50 items from 20 
20 to 25 different vendors. And so where they had challenges was doing, how, how do I manage the complexity of order orchestration of fulfillment when I've got so many third-party fulfillers and shipping and shippers that are involved in shipping very, very, very expensive products or components of this order and line items. And I'm working on a commerce platform that only tracks order status at the order level, right? And so this what started as an order management opportunity turned into, we have native quoting that's part of the platform. So they were able to reduce the third-party quoting tool they had to add on. We have, because we have a call center capability and we can do issue management and resolution tied to orders and quotes and SKUs and customers and products, um, they eliminated a ticketing system that they built it on with their commerce platform. Um, it really came down to when they looked at all the things we provided out of the box and where their business was going, by the way, there are hundreds of thousands of SKUs now, they actually want to double their catalog to be almost a million SKUs by the end of 2022. And, and we provided them that capability and scale to do that and manage it within the PIM. Also, we provided the ability, ability through our marketplace capabilities to now allow them to get real-time inventory updates from their suppliers so they could actually make a real-time available to promise for custom-built products at point of purchase that they weren't able to do before because they didn't have the ability to let suppliers contribute to that inventory update, that inventory management. And we do that through the marketplace module and it's very, very dynamic and robust. It can be done offline electronically integrated updates, you know, whether that's through, through EDI or some other JSON file transfers or, or spreadsheet uploads, we're just sitting down and individually updating the products if that vendor has a couple SKUs. And so, you know, where we find niche, especially for the SMB space, is people that have a complex business that's kind of falling down in some respects, if you will, with some of the platforms that they've been using in the past. Um, so as, as just kind of coming back to some questions that merchants may have about, you mentioned pass, are they going to get stuck with upgrade costs that you would have on a platform as a service compared to a SaaS as a that, service? That, that's great because we what we have is you know, we have a pass, right? But, but it, it is really a SaaS subscription. All of our customers are always kept on the most current version of the product. All of the releases and upgrades are concluded as part of their, their platform costs, as are the infrastructure costs from AWS, as all of the platform as service. Everything is included in the subscription. And while the customer can can choose the timing around those upgrades to those releases. Um, we keep everyone on the most current version. There are no additional costs. Um, you know, I, I think what you've what we're seeing in the marketplace is some folks are very frustrated with the pace of platform uh, end of lives, platform upgrades, and the cost of switching, including some things that have been significantly rearchitected for by by most of the players in the marketplace. And that you know, our intention is to avoid those kind of pitfalls by making sure everyone's current. The other thing that we do with a lot of the customizations that we work with our partners on is things that we think are generally applicable. We actually include as the module in the product. So that if there's something unique that we think is benefit to other people, you know, we'll, we may assume that engineering costs or or even pay. Um, our partners to build that on on behalf of our merchants so that we can put it in the next release so that's available to other customers. And, and that becomes things like if there's unique payment gateways that come up in the future, uh, unique integrations for third-party logistics or other such providers, we want to put that in the product so that's available to everyone. And I, I know one scenario we've seen in, in the upgrade path, and you mentioned that the client can choose to delay an upgrade is around customizations and third parties having specific customizations that aren't keeping up with the upgrade. You have a way of forcing them. I, I know the issue came up with, you know, certainly around versions of, um, and I believe you're on Java, but on other platforms that use PHP, PHP mm -hmm. is, is deprecated and, and soon to end of life and your, your underlying uh, infrastructure doesn't meet the requirements for certain things and you have to upgrade. Uh, so how do you deal with forcing them to upgrade? Well, the, the, the nice part for us, so on, let's deal with these separately. So the customizations, we have a customization framework template that our partners can and will follow to, to customization so that they stay specific to the platform, right? If we need to, we can also kind of create net new APIs if we need to for those customizations in the future. I think the interesting part for us, because this is running pause on a cloud infrastructure that we are managing and orchestrating, right? We're able to avoid some of those pitfalls of the underlying infrastructure becoming obsolete or out of date with supported to the platform. The bigger risk for us would be somebody's on a legacy ERP application and you know, that's running on premise in our cloud native platform, you know, 
we will maintain standards for communications. We, we do that every day today, right? We have customers that are running some, some legacy ERP platforms uh, that have since been acquired and then acquired again and, and acquired again, but they're still running on a version that's maybe 20 years old that, that aren't API enabled, for example, where they don't have the ability to consume a JSON file or an XML file. And so we're building integrations for those platforms today that we will support into the future so that we're not, we're not dependent, they're not dependent or constrained by that legacy capability. In fact, the customer I'm speaking of right now, they actually have seven different ERP systems, but nine different versions. And so we've kind of insulated those nine ERP systems through an ESP tool uh, into our platform, but we're also able then to integrate into all those backend, backend platforms and allow them the flexibility to, to upgrade and change because I, I think at least two of those nine different platforms will be upgraded in the, in the year ahead and so we're able to kind of isolate that part from it as well um, but the, the goal here is to is to make sure that people have a platform that's stable that's consumable and that's easily integratable into into both their back office and their front office but allow us to maintain the currency of the platform and the infrastructure vis-a-vis -vis the the software as a service sitting on top of our platform as a service is it obvious yet who should get the cord uh, Brent, I mean, I, I'll just give it to Dave right now. There you go, Dave. Put your head right in between there because I'm, no, no, I, no, I am, I am not technical. I, I used to be. No. That was a long time ago, though. No, but uh, you've got it all there. So I aspire to be uh, to get more cords, but I'll keep this one for now, Dave. But <laughs> I, I appreciate you covering me as I'm supposed to be the the professor, but. Uh, no, it's 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 really exciting, Brent, and obviously it's well thought out. And um, you know, it's really just a matter of us getting the word out. And we thank you for this opportunity to do so because mm -hmm. we're hearing a lot of things. And again, in the marketplace, a lot of it we um, you know we want to address and make things more simple. And that's why we're talking to partners. I mean, like yourself. Um, who isn't quite on board yet, but is interested in hearing more. So, you know, we only want, we want partners who, you know, are uh, craftsmen, are, are exceptional at their craft. The people who, you know, in our past experiences um, have, you know, can tell that end-to-end -end story, right? Um, we have approached some partners and many, and I think this is what also differentiates us is, you know, many of the partners I've talked to said, geez, professor, I can't really afford to take on another platform. And what's great about the modular aspects of what we're doing is we say, you don't have to, you know, you don't, you don't have to sell our commerce, right? Application piece, our front end, our web store. But you and I both know that you have tons of complex companies out there that do in fact require an order management application or you know are interested in marketplace and what all we're saying is you know give us the opportunity to tell this story because you know we have no interest in that commerce piece if they're very happy on what they have so it's it's it allows us to be that differentiate differentiated platform within a very very crowded market right and we know it's very crowded yeah, so let me jump in with two questions and you guys can choose to answer uh, who's going to answer it. But the first question from an agency side, the responsibility on maintaining the code base. Some other platforms make it, uh, it's 100% on the user or the agency to maintain that code base and maintain that version and make sure that it's at a certain point or state. Uh, and the and at at the end of the day, the merchant pays for that. Um, so that's uh, question number one. And then I guess question number two is the peripheral items. If we get ourselves out of e-commerce, so let's talk about OMS. How it, how does it look to integrate that into something like Adobe Commerce or Big Commerce? If you if you want to use that OMS system, and does it make sense for a merchant to choose? the OMS for ultimate commerce and big commerce for their, uh, for their e-commerce platform. 
let's, let's we'll address your two questions in, in sequence here. So the, the first one, so there there's opportunity for agencies, our agency partners to support the code base. Now we, we will support the platform code base, right? Well, I, I would like to think of this as where we see the greatest opportunity is the agencies around customizations, around future feature functions and roadmap and performance and execution and strategy to keep the site current and modern and, and keep upgrading the digital experience. And we'll manage the back end piece of that in terms of the platform core capability itself. But there's tremendous opportunity for the agencies to, to, to participate in that support. But the core platform itself is and the, and the currency of that is maintained as part of their subscription license. And so we will make sure that the customer has the most current version of the platform itself always available to them according to their release schedule and, and their ability to test and, and do regression as they see fit. But there's a tremendous opportunity for the agencies to manage customizations, manage integrations, manage um, maybe some enhancements or extensions and, and swapping out. You know, Maybe they're going to add or change a payment gate. Maybe, maybe they're going to add some additional content. Maybe they're going to pull in a CDN or a DAM that's going to change the way that they're going to present um, graphics on the front end. Maybe they're going to rebrand the site or rebrand re a subsite or launch microsites, right? So there's tremendous opportunity for the agencies to still support their customer because that's the way we want to go to market is that, you know, in, in your case, it would be your customer and, and your integrations point. And we're here as a participant and a partner with you and your customer to make to make them successful in growing their business. Um, now, in terms of the platform is constructed that we can integrate our applications into any other third-party applications. Um, it's not natively as easy as it is with ours, right? If someone was going to use big commerce as the front end in our OMS, for example, our OMS and our commerce applications sit on the same database. And so there really isn't an integration point, but everything is API enabled. And so we have templates and frameworks to integrate into various commerce platforms and there's there's work to be done, but it isn't complicated, it isn't cumbersome and it isn't time consuming. We have customers today that we're working with um, in, a, in a prospect state, in a sales transaction where we're, we're proof pointing those things today with several of the commerce platforms. You know, we have we have some very large enterprise customers who have significant investments in the commerce platform that you're very familiar with, um, but they need order management capabilities, they need PIM, and they need some marketplace capabilities, and they need much more robust native subscription capability than exists in that commerce platform. And, and subscriptions is native to our platform, uh, and it's something that can be leveraged on the front end in the other platform while we become the order management capability in the PIM. And it's very much, you know, go as you, you know, play as you go, right? Um, to Dave's point, some of these customers and prospects have made major investments. And our view on that is we're just hands off, right? Um, but we, we do provide a strategy that says we're going to launch four or five of these other web stores and we don't want to integrate those, right? We might as well roll it out of the box. So the expense and the and the investment is done over there, and that's fine. You keep it. Uh, we'll focus on this new go-to-market strategy, and that's where we'll go. As a matter of fact, um, some of these platforms that Dave said you know very well, um, some of them we're talking about, uh, and two, to say you don't have an OMS. Would you like to, you know, would you like to offer our OMS as part of your commerce solution? And, um, you know, people are taking notice. So it's, it's, it's a fun conversation to have because all those people, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of stuff, right? Uh, it's not as competitive as you might think. It's really looking for where's the white space for us to be a partner to even those competitive platforms. Yeah, so it sounds like a good scenario as well would be a multinational that wants to enter a new market and maybe doesn't have an OMS yet or would like to replace it so they could enter the market with uh, with their traditional e-commerce system in market A and enter new market B with ultra commerce and the OMS and then tie the, the other channel into that OMS system. Who do you uh, have in I, mind, I, Brent? We, we, we have several we have several we have several such scenarios where that's exactly what's going on okay. right and it's uh, it, we also have customers where they're running another commerce platform multiple instances right because of their scale and their size they're running different instances in different geographies and, and very very numerous of those but an interesting go-to-market strategy is they're deploying our platform 
um, to support some of their new markets. And they'll run those all multi-tenant so that each geography will have its own storefront in native language, although although we are multi multilingual, multi-currency enabled. Um, each each of those local geos will have their own storefront sitting on our platform multi the platform will integrate into um, their existing commerce platform so they can do things like cross-border fulfillment, cross-border sourcing and, and shipments um, and, and replenishments in their distribution centers, but also order fulfillment for products that may be out of stock in some of these other geos or the distribution centers that are supporting those other regions. And so it provides a pretty powerful and flexible model because you know, when, you, when we think about it, it's, it's a lower cost way for them to go to market in these new geos because they can in their current model was i go to a new geo i launch an entire e-commerce platform i got to stand up a marketing team i've got to stand up all this other business infrastructure not technical infrastructure to support this business and we're doing that a new one in each geo and what what they told us was it was cost prohibitive in some markets they wanted to go to because of the cost involved in doing all that and so what what we were going to defray was the technical infrastructure and the e-commerce infrastructure piece of that. Um, and then they're gonna centralize things like marketing and promotions and, and business around this, this idea of that's centralized, but we can be region specific and we can launch content specific and, and localized specific storefronts that are all hanging off of this central stack. Um, so pivoting or not pivoting, but let's just continue on this part of it would, would be the multinational that wants to test a market, uh, and they want to do it with a low cost and they want to do a low cost test. So if they had a license and they're running in a region, could they then just simply spin up another store view, launch uh, that store view in Spanish and, you know, in some, so, yeah, so, far flung so, so that's, region? that. That's a that's a great example, and we can maybe back into some commercial conversation there. So when we licensed the platform, um, we it's it's a it is a straight subscription. It's based on actual consumption, and it is a, it's a combination of page views and orders that process through the system. So if somebody wants to launch a new storefront, they don't need a new license, right? They have an unlimited capability to deploy storefronts. All we're doing is 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 monitoring how many orders process through the system on a monthly basis, and then we're billing them in arrears based on that. And so they have an unlimited capability to go into new markets and launch an unlimited number of storefronts on the platform itself without ever having to talk to me again. And, and that's a great capability for those kind of multinational those multinational corporations that want to go test the new market, right? We support 15 languages natively out of the box. It's very easy for us to add additional language packs. Um, we have we support currencies and, and localization for those as well. Right now, we're not we're not translating all of their their content around their products in the database. They still have to do that work, but the but all the platform prompts. And the currency will, will we can convert automatically, but all the system generated capabilities will natively flip language very simply. Yeah, um, let's not. So let's not. Oh, so, sorry, Dave. Sorry. I was just going to say. So, so it makes it really simple for them to go and deploy in any new region, and and it's not just new regions, and that's the interesting part of this because you know one of the things that drug drove me here was our pricing strategy, our licensing strategy, the, the way we go to market. We're trying to make it easy for our customers to operate their business at scale and, and give them flexibility to go into new markets or to go to businesses. And so the interesting part, part of I bring this up is we're actually encouraging our customers to license the product at a corporate entity level, right? So because we're only counting page views and we're counting orders on the back end of this, if they want to run sister companies on the platform, it's like, we want to give them the capability to do that. We're just going to aggregate orders. And oh, by the way, I could invoice those different enterprises separately if, if they would like me to. But we're also providing them the ability of the example I used before where marketplace participants can have storefronts, right? We're providing a, the ability for them to offer for e-commerce capabilities to people who might not have it natively today on our platform without that entity needing to have a license to my platform. Because again, I'm just aggregating orders on the back end and I could I can invoice each of those storefronts separately for their own order traffic, or I could invoice or I could invoice the, the market operator here. So it's a capability where we have customers today who have designs on launching hundreds, if not thousands of storefronts hanging off of their marketplace to serve their customers, right? Who are the, all of those storefronts are, 
are B2C facing, where our customers B2B, and they're going to charge a nominal service for providing complete e-commerce operation uh, services to that company, and they're going to they're just going to pay our per order fees on the volume basis themselves, um, and it'll be a, a reasonably profitable business for them. Um, and, and from my standpoint, more power to them, right? It's it's I don't I don't care and I don't license restrict or constrain their ability to go and work with these their customers to launch these new storefronts. All right, so, I see Matt, or um, I'm see yeah. Profe- not Matt. I don't know who this Matt guy is. No, I know. He, he, uh, Professor Professor Yu has his notebook out, and are we going to talk about? Well, he always right he always says something that's good, but he's uh, he's he's such a he's so well spoken. I want to make sure that something doesn't get lost here. Dave made <laughs> a couple of awesome points, right? Um, and I want to give it put it in a real uh, real time engagement, right? First of all, um, orders, many of these companies charge by the order line and going back to commercial terms, right, Brent, that was one of the things you want to talk about. We, we charge by the order. So think about a B2B order. One order could be anywhere from a couple dozen lines to a thousand lines. We don't count each individual order. We count individual order line. We count the order itself which is huge in a B2B type of a scenario. And as you think about those order lines and you think about those networks, if you claim to be a B2B commerce expert, there's no way that order management and ATP does not come into that conversation where you split these orders, you decompose them, and then you reorchestrate based on network complexity, right? And where the inventory is. There's just virtually no way. Um, the other thing that Dave mentioned that's really cool about the storefronts, and we are engaged today, one we signed last week, one we're talking to right now, which you know is without being too secret, Dave, impending you know, pending signature, excuse me. These marketplaces are doing just what he said. It's like they're offering a really robust technology to companies that can't normally afford it by being the storefront and the distributor or provider of merchandise to these marketplaces. So it's kind of this economy of scale where people are trying to take back their business and create their own marketplaces. And then at the same time, offer a technology that has them all talking together and unlimited making the storefront capabilities of potentially hundreds to thousands of vendors who contribute and participate in this marketplace access to that technology that they could not normally get themselves it's it's an interesting dynamic because when you think about uh, e-commerce today so so the one of the companies um, that Matt's mentioning they are they're very good at e-commerce right in servicing their customers who are uh, themselves dealers and stores and um, it's a b2b capabilities but many of those small business independent operators had approached them and said look you know we don't even know where to start in to, to get into e-commerce couldn't you just do this for us right and so what they found with our platform is now they can provide e-commerce as a service everything from marketing and crm to seo so right to which are more process focused to the entire e-commerce and orchestration platform but but in, it's different than some of the other multi-tenant platforms that they could simply very cheaply go and sign up but if you think about a scenario where i'm providing you a storefront right that's sitting on my platform i'm already your supplier so now you have access to me as a drop shipper for things you don't have an inventory in your store you can update and maintain and sell the things that are in your store but I'm, I'm also providing you a fully populated catalog as part of your e-commerce platform because you sell my products anyway. And so the catalog's pre-populated when you sign up for your website, right? It also allows the storefront to sell a greater product assortment because most of these dealers don't have the facilities to carry 100% of the distributor's products in the store, but they can carry them online because they're going to get the calculate the the catalog populated for free and all those things they don't have in inventory can be naturally drop shipped. Now, some of the, the unique complexities of this is, is in cases where most of these storefronts are not competitive, right? And they're not geographically competitive or close together. And so they're also implementing some rules that say, hey, let's let's enable some kind of mod, 
uh, omni-channel capabilities that says, you know, if if you don't have this in your store and, and I, as the provider, don't have it in my inventory, but it's in a storefront over here, they're putting rules in place that allow both parties to make that sale and to make profit on selling on selling inventory that's sitting in another storefront. And so it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting dynamic that says now I've created an omni-channel environment from a single storefront right? Because I'm leveraging kind of this always in stock model that says, if it's, if it exists in the marketplace ecosystem somewhere for sale, you can sell it through your storefront or you can sell it through your store, right? And we'll enable fulfillment and we'll enable both parties to participate and make money on that transaction because there was inventory available to meet a customer demand. Just don't buy it from the evil empire. (laughs) We know who that is. Uh, but that's so it's a it is a really powerful it's a really powerful model and and the part of it that i think is hugely differentiating is this concept that says you're getting your storefront with a pre-populated catalog inclusive of inventory um okay so we have about uh, 10 minutes left uh let's let's uh let's kind of wrap up the conversation around costs and and some entry points and and what kind of entry point costs those are we too salesy brent no, we're we're all great. We're super. Okay. Great. So look, yeah. the, the the cost part of this is the funnest part of my job, uh, because look, it, you know, uh, we have banded order pricing that's in our contract for infinite items, so there's no price increases for the term of the of the contract, right? So you know, on the on the lower end with a smaller volume commitment, if if somebody's doing, let's say five to ten thousand orders a month, the, the price comes out to about um, in effect between a dollar fifty and two dollars an order. And the more volume they pump through on the low end, it could be 35 cents an order, right? And that could be an order with thousands of of line items in it or one line item in it. And so the other interesting part of that process is there's there's only one order that they're selling, right? And so if they're using e-commerce or if they're using the entire platform, there's still just one order, just so the price is the same, right? So they have the ability to have the full benefit and power of the platform itself, right? But you know, you, you think about if I'm buying, let, let's say I found another commerce platform that was charging by orders and I need order management, right? I would have to pay for that order to exist in both systems. With us, it's just one charge. Um, so that, so from a pricing perspective, it's it's subscription, it's in arrears based on actual order volumes. Our pricing is somewhat dynamic in that if somebody um, somebody has, has peak holiday and, and just has as an absolutely fantastic month in November, right? And they expand up into one of our pricing bands for that month, they get billed for that pricing band for that month. But if they're but if they drop down into a lower pricing tier in the following month, their price goes back down too. So there's pricing elasticity. So we're literally only charging you based on our bands for your actual number of orders that you processed in the prior month. And so that's a pretty unique unique wheels well because we're not aggregating what you think you're going to do for the entire year we're not aggregating the total number of orders for the year we're just pricing you based on what you actually did in the previous month Um, the other part of this that i love about the pricing model is um, the customers only pay for non-production license until they go live and so when they sign the contract there's no invoice for the full year's worth of subscription it is you know our non-pride environments can be as little as 950 dollars a month plus compute charges on on AWS. And so, you know, the customers charge per month is literally just, or even in the partner's case, while the, you know, they're paying a partner, one of our partners to deploy the solution, but from ultra commerce, you're only paying for the non-product environments that you're using until you go live and then your subscription kicks in. The other part of this that I also love is, um, you know, we, we um, offer very flexible terms and conditions, right? We uh, we actually have termination for convenience. So if a customer is not happy with our platform, they can live leave at any time by offering us, um, I think in most cases, it's 30 to 60 days notice, and then they can leave. So there's no long-term commitment. There's no long-term fees. There's no penalties for leaving. Now, knock on wood, we haven't had anybody who's left. Um, but we offer them that flexibility that says, look, if you're not happy with our platform, we'd love to cure it and we want you to stay, but we don't, but, but if you're that unhappy that you want to leave, we're not going to handcuff you and make you pay out the remainder of your contract before you can leave. So, uh, um, professor, professor, you, uh, what about partners? How, how, how do you get in partners involved in this and, um, give us a little bit of background on that, on some. Yeah, I mean, we're, we are looking for partners that have a Java practice, that understand Java. The, the platform is 100%, you know, native Java. Um, and really, we're just, uh, I'm not trying to build one of these 
um, you know, partner programs that's hundreds of partners large, right? Or even tens of partners large. I think that a nice number for the next maybe couple of years would be somewhere between 20 and 30. Um, I think, and that's globally. I think the, um, you know, the, the optimal scenario is keeping our partners fed, not um, wondering when they're gonna get their next lead um, from the platform. Um, everybody at Ultra is a salesperson. So we are all working the phones and looking for opportunities to talk to people like any commerce platform. Um, and you know, we're, we're talking to partners again, who we know have delivered in the past. And I can say that um, of several of the partners that have joined up in the first couple months, they are partners that until building a, an ultra platform were exclusive to another platform and had been exclusive for years. And once they get on the phone, I have to say, you know, Matt Boland did a pretty good job. He has some relationships that he's built over time. And those relationships allowed him to at least get on the phone and tell people what he was doing. And then once they get into the demo scenario and they start looking and feeling, then they fall in love with the platform. And they say, this is really dynamic. And again, we tell them you can pick one application that you'd like to um, one module within the platform that you'd like to cut your teeth on. Uh, but it's great to know that it's entirely there and it to, you know, to Dave's earlier points and to what we were saying before you're as a, as a consulting agency, like you are, you don't want to be, you want to be listening to their vision and being able to understand how these different points of light create one seamless, you know, process. Um, and being able to borrow capabilities from other pieces of the platform is critical to building that, to building that end to end process. So we think it offers a, a you know, it's, it's companies who understand beyond the web store. Like I know for a fact, Brent, you guys know PIM. I know for a fact that you guys know order management. Uh, you obviously know the web front end. Um, to my knowledge, you don't have an order management capability um, anymore. You used to, or maybe you still do, or maybe you found another one, but we'd like to stay, you know, you don't have to go out there and sell Ultra's web front end, our commerce solution. But think about all those customers that have that complexity. Let's look at it as an order management opportunity to, to build out your, your practice and your capability. So again, keeping the partner program nice and small and intimate and working with those and um, you know, knowing that we probably have to bring some of these new partners an opportunity up front. And we've been doing that. And in more cases than not, it's more than one opportunity. And we know it will come back to us once they start working with the platform and they start dazzling their clients. And we've already seen that, uh, Dave. We got a call yesterday from one of these partners who was previously an exclusive partner of another platform who said, I think we got something for you. So yeah, it's, it's starting to show that return. And we're not in a race. We're in it for the long haul. So you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> Yeah, I think some of the exciting things that are coming that I've learned out of this that are coming out of this are, are e-commerce as a service. And I think that uh, that is a, uh, something that is wanting to be offered more and more. And I, I know one of the barriers has been cost. And if that uh -huh. central person can, can cover that, then um, that, that's a fantastic value offer for that. Um, and then, um, uh, you know, the, the ability to have all these different pieces in that one part of it is another really valuable uh, piece of it. So um, anyway, yeah, I can't we... tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of passion, Brent, at the end. I, I can't accept when, um, all right, I, I can't accept. I, I get really passionate about the fact that somebody says we can't take on another platform. And I just say, you're not hearing me. I don't want to upset your practice around these platforms. I want you to look at how do you, what I'm trying to bring you 
how do I help you extend your stickiness, right? By providing these solutions that if you don't look at your customer base as a, as all of them need to fall into this, just look at the one or two who have a network that's so complex that have ordering capabilities that are so complex, you know, they need order management. We will, you know, if you want us to sign that we will not talk <laughs> about commerce to this client, we won't. They can stay on whatever platform they want. We want to bring solutions that help our partners with their stickiness and solve our customers' problems. End of story. Um, and in fact, like I said, we are actually talking to other commerce platforms about being their OMS. And that causes a lot of, you know, it could cause a lot of constraint, but we're not interested in the commerce piece. We're interested in the order management piece in those engagements. It's a fun ride. Yeah, good. Um, all right, so just to wrap things up here, um, if you could each give us maybe a little tidbit to give to a merchant who's listening uh, and, uh, not maybe the tidbit isn't going to be by ultra commerce, but the oh, there goes my actionable item they, can take, <laughs> they could take away from this. Yeah, look, I, I, I would say um, for us, from my perspective, the, the thing I, I love to see merchants talking about, how do we reach new customers? How do we enter new markets? How do we expand our assortment? Right. And so kind of the critical differentiation now when everybody's been shut down in COVID, um, my favorite conversation with the CFO is, is think about all the places in their ecosystem, whether they're online only or whether they're running storefronts is how do I make sure that on all of my channels all the time, every day, that if I have something available for somebody to buy and they want it in a channel, then I can expose it to that channel and I can sell it and I can fulfill it from there. Because if you're not leveraging 100% of your inventory, 100% of the time and 100% of your channels, then pardon my French, but what the hell do you have it for, right? And going to the professor, what is your... You know what? That was so eloquent. I sh We should have saved him for last. Um... <laughs> Because, you know, it, it's, it's about the business. It's not about the solution. It's not about the application. Um, I would say, think before you act today. There's a lot of buzz around what's going on with headless and microservices. And we're headless enabled. We are microservices enabled. We can do those things. But really understand your business strategy. That's my tip. That has nothing to do with ultra commerce. It is what's out there, who am I as a merchant, right? Am I a organization that wants to invite more complexity into my infrastructure? Am I a company that wants to develop and design software and write more aspects into this stuff, into, into our solution set? Or am I somebody who needs a you know, a solution that is, that gets me 85% there out of the box, right? Uh, I, I just want people to, you know, who was it that said it? I think it was public enemy. Don't believe the hype, right? And I, you know, it's, uh, it's really just, and I don't mean it like that is a derogatory thing. I mean, it is do your homework, right? Give us a call or give you a call, Brent, give your agency a call. And, um, and talk to them about reducing complexity. And that's what I think most businesses are after, uh, even if they can handle the complexity. I can even leave you with a small graphic. Here you go. I'll, I'll turn my thing around. That's, these are the things to think about too. Dave kind of hit on them. Somebody could take a snapshot if they wanted, but you know, Here's who we are and what we are and why we're important to clients. And those are, don't, don't buy ultra commerce. Just be aware of what is it, what we are and who we are. And this kind of stacks it all up. So yeah, and, uh, uh, that's where those, I'd leave it. Those who are listening on the podcast, I'll put this slide in the show notes. Uh, Matt, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know who Matt is anyways. Professor, you is going <laughs> to send me yeah. that slide. Um, all right. So we have like two minutes left. So, each of you, I want you to give me a shameless plug 
and now that you've also given your uh, your tidbits around alter the, the the plug can't be about alter it normally can be about anything but we've talked so much about ultra commerce your shameless plug has to be something different professor you want to go first this time yeah i would say call brent at wagento to help you solve your business problems and he's not even a partner of ours so that's how, how much more shameless can you be than to plug Brent? I've worked with Brent for several years. I wasn't always his partner manager when I worked elsewhere, but we developed a relationship and I know his organization. I, I know what they're capable of. And I know that they'll give you that, uh, that kind of perspective that you want. So um, that's plug number one. Plug number two is follow Professor Yu on LinkedIn for your uh, straight story on commerce today. <laughs> so, so, so I'll get I'll give everyone a a, uh, a knock on wood, hopefully post post COVID plug, which says we've all spent a lot of time sequestered in our homes. We've all done a lot, probably worked a lot more hours than you thought you would working remotely. So, um, I would tell everybody whether your passion is your job, like like mine and Brent's and, and Matt's and Matt's and Professor Uzar, or whether your your passion is your hobby, right? find enough time to just go for it. Excellent. Thank you for that. That's fantastic. Uh, I'm going to, again, promote our unconference. And an unconference is something where everybody shows up and they put some topics on the board. So there has been a major unconference in, in Cologne, Germany for five or six years now. We are promoting an unconference in Orlando, Florida, in or around January 21st in 2022. Um, and we are going to have a hackathon around that. So as I talk more to other platforms and other people, it's, it's being less exclusive. It's, it'll be non-exclusive. And I can say I went to the unconference in Germany in 2019 and Shopware was there and they, the two, the, one of the owners was there of Shopware in fact, and he put up a topic and it was incredibly interesting and fun. Um, so it will be a limited engagement for the unconference in Germany. They limit it to 140 people because uh, of just the fact that it is, uh, it is not, there, there is no pre-done presentations. We vote on the presentations that we would all like to hear. So it can't be a giant, a giant thing, but, and, uh, so I'm, that's what I'm now promoting and, and, uh, going for for next time so all right well we're we're one minute past the hour and uh, this has been a great talk i think that we have a lot more conversations to come up that we could talk about maybe some specific subjects and marketplace is a is a great one that has been coming up a lot lately uh, oms is is as professor you said there's there has been a uh, there is now one less OMS player in the market that uh, there's, so there's more opportunities around that. There's so many things that we get. And I think e-commerce as a service is another great one that uh, manufacturers and distributors can offer to their vendors, uh, especially those that maybe can't afford uh, to get into a full e-commerce website, even if you're, if you're talking of one of the SaaS uh, quick launch type of things. So uh, I thank you both for being here. This has been very fun uh, and exciting. And uh, I look- You have one second, Brent. I have a yes. gift for you. I have yes, a gift please. for you. Hold on. I hope it's not a meme. Right, well, professor, while Professor gets his gift, I'll, I'll thank you for hosting us. This was very, very enjoyable. And we'd be happy to come back at any time. Great. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, uh, we might have to edit out a short bit unless- Oh, Professor, you back. Excellent. Yeah, I have for you your very own pair of uh, Professor wow. U. Uh, you and can hang these on your back wall. Hang them from your microphone. Excellent. I'll make those, sure I get these off to you. For those on the podcast, Professor U is fully <laughs> dressed up in, in, not dressed up, he's wearing his, he, he is Groucho Normal Marx garb. Wearing. Yeah, anyways. You look fantastic, <laughs> by the way, today. <laughs> not as fantastic as you brent which is standard for you uh, all right well uh, thanks, thank you again <laughs> both and thank uh, you we have a great day future thanks the talk commerce podcast is sponsored by swift daughter e-commerce developers solve problems daily in fact some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours stress levels can go through the roof no wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too 
Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Otter. Swift Otter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. TalkCommerce is brought to you by eWay Corp. Cloud is the new normal for companies of any size. Buying, maintaining, upgrading, and disposing of machines is expensive and complicated. Amazon Web Services, managed by eWay Corp, offers an easy-to-use, flexible, cost-effective solution to all your infrastructure needs. eWay Corp can provide a secure, reliable, scalable, high-performance network that will make your office hum, not literally. eWay Corp has saved its customers an average of 31% on their IT costs while adding 62% to the bottom line efficiency. To top that, their customers have seen 43% fewer security incidents. Go to eWayCorp.com to learn how you can start saving money and headaches by moving to the cloud. That's E-W-A-Y-C-O-R-P dot com. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.